Hi, I'm Marika, and welcome to Money Chill Out. On this podcast, I want to dive into the world of the often unspoken topic of money. Effective personal finance management can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. After a 10-year career on trading flows in London, I want to help demystify the intimidating world of finance and have an open, honest and frank conversation. By opening the discussion, I wish you identify yourself, learn, be inspired and get empowered. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversation on money, mindset, investment habits and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. Today, I'm inviting Lorian. She's based in Lisbon and very often on the go. That's because she's a journalist specialized in travel and a correspondent for Portugal. She has lots of projects going on. She is working on a guide to promote the Alentejo region and has just launched her own travel blog called Bombomdia. So follow her on Instagram to be aware of all the gems she found. Lorian is independent and self-employed, so always need to negotiate in order to win contracts and live from her activity. So let's see how she does it and know her true worth. So hi, Lorian, how are you? Hello, very good, and you? Yeah, I'm great, great. I'm super happy to have you on this podcast. So thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, we have a great topic today and it's all linked about knowing yourself and your industry. And I've picked you specifically for this theme as you're an independent, so must often negotiate new client and contracts. So really keen to have your, your views. So before we start, I always like to know more about your relationship with money. So how open and at ease are you with it? Like, do you discuss it with family and friends? I would say I'm at ease with money, but I don't really discuss it that much with friends. I think I maybe used to do it more when I didn't have any knowledge of what was of the industry I was getting in. Right now, I don't have so many discussions about it. I think I would have more if I had a big project like a house to rent or something like that, probably to know how other independents like me managed to do it. But right now, I don't have this uh, so much. Okay, so it's more, let's say, you would have a discussion if you needed to know more, but as you're at ease at the moment with your job, you don't feel the need to actually discuss it. There's this, and I think uh, while thinking about it, I have another idea. I think it's uh, also because I'm in a situation, like I don't know many people who are independent journalists like me and who juggle two different status. So I guess it's the kind of information I look for on the internet rather than talking with my friends or family because we're not in the same situation. So they wouldn't really know how to tackle it. Yeah, so you can't really relate. Okay. And do you like managing your money? And are you good at it? I'm uh, honestly one of the worst persons I know. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not really good. I find it quite stressful. Mainly because, uh, as I said, I have uh, two different statuses. I think it's an unusual situation to be in. And uh, generally speaking, I'm not uh, one to be really 
comfortable. Not that I'm not comfortable with the topic itself, but with managing it is, a, I think, is a different story. And I, as of now, I don't really have the tools to perfectly have a very clear idea of how to deal with it on a daily basis. So let's um, go into your your job. So you're a journalist. So can you tell us a bit more about your specialty and what kind of articles do you normally write? So I'm a travel and lifestyle journalist based in Lisbon. What I generally write ranges from uh, purely travel pieces to culture and uh, food pieces. Very often in travel encapsulates kind of is a big generic term but you get to tackle different topics via the travel say if you go somewhere probably you'll be talking about cultural things to do but also landscapes and nature the atmosphere the food you get to try there so it's a big word and encapsulates several themes that I like to uh, write about mainly and I've been doing this for I started nearly a decade ago yeah and have you always been self-employed No, I haven't. Even like two years ago, I was still employed. So I've done both. I've had uh, jobs where I was employed by a company and also times where I was self-employed. And sometimes I even juggled both. For example, working for a company and having some freelance gigs on the side. So I've had both configuration. Okay. And now you're 100% self-employed. Now I am. Yeah. Okay. And what's the other thing you find? My main thing is writing. I love usually what I write about I'm interested in. So that's the really nice part. But the problem is that it's uh, one part of the job, but the other part, and it's uh, the one that I need to always have in mind, is all that comes with it. So there's the writing, but I would say it's not more than 50%. The rest of the time is pitching story ideas, going after new potential uh, media clients, So a lot of prospection and, and negotiation skills, basically. Prospection, then organization, because when it comes to travel, usually uh, you would uh, sell an idea. If you're lucky, then yes, they're interested in your topic. But then everything you have to do to make it happen, as in uh, organizing the trip yourself without necessarily being covered for it. Everything that goes with the writing. Yeah. So prospecting, organizing everything, then uh, making sure you get the money in your account or going back after clients if you haven't, managing the, the money part. Yeah, everything that goes with the actual writing job takes a huge amount of time on a daily basis. And that's what I find the hardest. The most challenging. And it's crazy that the writing bit is only 50% of the job. Yeah, it all depends on uh, your ability to stay on top of things and keep having new ideas and keep um, being uh, motivated, which is sometimes hard when you have to be working on your own and you don't necessarily get answers uh, straight away. And oftentimes everything comes at once, which makes it uh, challenging also in terms of organization. But this is something I'm currently working on. <laughs> yeah. So you need to be proactive in order to still have contracts. But of course, when everything comes together, you need to prioritize or, yeah. Okay. And how many newspapers or companies do you work for? Well, it depends because, for example, the one I'm working for on the most regular basis is, as you know, Le Figaro, writing about Portugal for that travel section. But I also work on other projects. For example, I just uh, wrapped up a story for El Table, also French magazine about food. So that was a, quite a long story for them. I sometimes write for Mint magazine. I 
have now a very big project about uh, Belgium, working for Belgium Tourism Board and the uh, for a website that is going to be hosted by um, the Huffington Post and a partnership with Le Monde, uh, the group. And uh, yeah, I also have sometimes one-offs. <laughs> and how are you paid? Like, is it per article or per hour work or any other format? I will take the example of the Figaro because it's the most uh, common feature I have. It's basically a number of signs, meaning the length for this kind of uh, media, for example. One for you, just for you to know, is uh, 1,500 signs. And basically, the ones I'm writing for the Figaro would be around five or six. And how do you know your worth? Or in other words, like, how do you compare yourself? How do you benchmark yourself? The truth is, as a freelancer, as um, working uh, in the media industry, so as a writer, there's not much I can uh, negotiate because I feel that the landscape is not in its best shape, be it in France or everywhere else for that matter. So when you get to write for a good newspaper, you... Unfortunately, you have to consider yourself lucky and take what you're being offered. At least in my experience, I find it really hard to try and get more competitive income coming from this. The people I know in the industry and who are freelancers, they usually juggle these kind of jobs with other for, say, um, brand content, where you get to have more of a say in how much you're being paid because there's just more money in the industry to begin with. So whereas on your side, you're like fully in the writing, you, you don't have any other contract, as you said. Yeah, I do. I do. Not on a regular basis. Like I don't work with the one client who I would provide brand content for regularly. But what I do is, for example, when I do have such a project, probably I'll have it because I've had to look for it because most of the things... I'm writing now are things I really, I wouldn't say I fought for them, but I kind of went and get them. Nothing happens out of pure magic. Well, not in my experience, at least. You can get lucky, but it also involves like working really hard to make a name. And uh, when I work for a brand, yes, I am able to negotiate a bit more. Basically, a lot of people think they can write, which makes the fees go lower if that makes sense Mm -hmm. it's competitive yeah it's competitive and it's also something that i want to say about the creative industry in general there's always someone in the industry in the creative industry who'd be willing to do it for free just for the sake of having a good name on their cv which makes it really hard then to uh, advocate for yourself and get better money Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a pricing constraint and it's hard to live from your activity. And have you noticed like big differences in how one newspaper pays compared to the other or they're all kind of aligned? When you write for the web, I find that there's a difference. So the web now, there's so much content going in that I think it also devaluates somehow the... The value. The value. Yeah, exactly. Okay, because there's so much free content, so they're not necessarily willing to pay as a newspaper would do. Also, I think because it's updated so regularly, like it's a jungle. But on the other hand, what's interesting is that it's a jungle. You get paid less, but somehow there are more opportunities because uh, paper-based media, it's not we're heading at right now. Okay, so again, a question of balance between what you love and exactly how you can live from it. Yeah, and it's also interesting to see new forms 
like for example, independent magazine who come out on a regular basis, you see uh, somehow new uh, magazines tackling uh, travel or, or food in a different way or culture or society. And uh, I find it interesting because um, you know that it's just like, as someone who writes, I know it's a struggle to come out as a newspaper, especially find a place and to find the, the audience and to find people willing to pay for information. But on the other hand, you know that behind every kind of project like this, there are a group of really passionate people who believe that paper can make a difference when you're really interested by the topic and by the object uh, in itself. Yeah. And I think as well, I mean, on my side, I still have a subscription to some magazines, which I find of really good quality, like Monaco or The Good Life or these kind of magazines. And I think, yeah, the content that you see and yeah, it's really enjoyable because it's different. So I think, as you said, like being independent and providing good quality content, I think there's still a space. There is space, but it's a obviously a very competitive one as well because it's a smaller market and it's not one that you can really live off with. Obviously, if you uh, write for Monocle, one feature, you'll be probably very proud and rightly so. But it doesn't mean that it's going to make you afford anything. Like probably you'll be just happy and rewarding uh, to um, to the editors for letting you give you the chance to be featured in some way. But again, like it's a balance. It's really good. It's really good then to show it off, to show that it, this is the kind of topic you can cover. This is the kind of uh, magazine you've worked for. So it's a very good business card. But oftentimes, yeah, the most beautiful business cards are not the ones that make you afford a, afford a living. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to negotiation skills now, because you said like there's a lot into your job that you need to do. So how often do you prospect or, yeah, in order to gain new clients or projects? where I look for ideas uh, because obviously you need to not only go and ask for work but also have a a good idea that would uh, be in sync with the editorial line of the media you're targeting or the company you're targeting more generally speaking. So it involves a lot of research and it involves looking for new clients for yeah for subjects that they would uh, they might enjoy and this is as I said I think that this whole part is like fifty percent and it uh, mainly happens when I'm not in this phase of huge intense work because when I'm writing I kind of need to focus on this otherwise I get really distracted. Yeah. What's the most important thing for you? Like, is it the newspaper values or the interest of subjects or the fact that you can be as independent as you want? It's an interesting question. And I think it ties in with uh, nicely. So with uh, what I said about balance, newspaper values, I like to be in sync with, for example, uh, or working with a magazine or a media or uh, that I really respect. Uh, for example, I worked for M Le Magazine du Monde. This was a, a real uh, achievement for me because this is uh, one of the magazines that I enjoy reading and I'm, I was very proud of it. So it's an achievement because I got to write for them and it's an achievement because I was proud of the piece in itself and I like the magazine. Then uh, some other times it will be interest of the subject, but what I value the most, I think what I like the most is when I get to work for different uh, media or clients at the same time, is this idea of um, juggling and trying to do it with a certain grace, even though it's not the, the easiest thing, I find. And have you ever refused to write? 
for either a magazine or for an article that you didn't feel good about it? It's an interesting question as well because I don't think it's something I felt very easy to do initially when I started because it felt that was not in a place where I could refuse. And now I have, I'm more at ease with the refusing to do something uh, for various reasons. A, because I think I feel more legitimate in the industry. It's something I've worked really hard for. So I think it entitles me at some points to be able to refuse a job, be it for money reasons or because I don't find the topic interesting or because the amount of time for money is not a good one and I'm not interested in the topic. So this is just like three no's put together. So it's um, it's not something I can uh, accept. And I feel quite good about it. And also because I think, yeah, sometimes I do it. I refuse something. And feel guilty sometimes because I'm like, oh, uh, if I was in a different situation, maybe a few years back, I would have uh, accepted. And then I think, yeah, but being a few years older and having more experience gets me this kind of freedom. Yeah, and you need to set your own rules, exactly. I also wanted to add, for example, sometimes I wrote a guide about Lisbon called Soul of Lisbon. And for me, it's a good example. It's really not something I did uh, for the money. At the time, I was uh, still employed by uh, Voyageurs du Monde in Paris as an editorial manager. So it's something I did on the side, which took me an enormous amount of time on the weekend. And uh, sometimes you can do things just because you somehow believe that they are close to who you are and how you define yourself professionally. So I didn't do it for the money, but I did it because I strongly believed at the time and I'm now convinced it did, but I strongly believed it would take me somewhere else. It would open new opportunities. So it wouldn't be a direct financial reward, but it would help me to open up my scope, show it to different media, being a good prospection tool, if that makes sense. And yeah, a good business card and something I was aligned with. So I think For me, it's also very important to keep these projects. Yeah, as you said, like you still need to have fun in your jobs. And how did you manage? So you said you have worked a lot and it was like uh, hard to get a name in your industry. So how did you manage after all these years? I wouldn't say I am known, really. I would say the more you write, the more you have things to show, the more it makes you feel at least more legitimate to go out and pitch new story ideas to new people. You feel like you've kind of worked your way to this stage, to being able to, you've built enough confidence by writing, by having experience, by having things to show off. I think it's all a question of confidence. And this is, for me, only, I would say, on a professional level, it only came with the experience and uh, and sometimes being looking at things and thinking, oh, I would really like to be able to do this and realizing that if you worked really hard and didn't abandon halfway and obviously think some things are not going to work out, but I feel more confident about the fact that it's not 100% about me, that the industry is what it is today. It's a complicated one and tricky to navigate. So being more proactive. Yeah, cool. For the end, I'm always like opening the discussion. So you always speak about Portugal and with all the places that you visited, what's your favorite one? It's hard for me to pick this one special one, but I would say the area 
So I got to discover Alentejo quite a bit because I'm writing, on, I'm working on a project about uh, this region, and this region is the major one in uh, Portugal. It's huge, and out of this region, you can see pretty much everything. In terms of landscape, there's a really big diversity and it's still very rooted in traditions. I'm quite passionate about it because you still feel that there is a, a soul in this region and it's not trying really hard to be something else or trying really hard to keep up with the pace of the outside world. So I find it really nice. And in Antejo itself, which is a big region, I would pick Marban. Uh, it's in uh, the north. And it's uh, the border with uh, Spain. And I, I was really impressed by the landscape there. I would also probably pick the region around uh, the coast, uh, Costa Vicentina. So it's very long and it encapsulates some of Alentejo and some of the Algarve. But I find the coast to be really something special. I don't want to say too much, but I think anyone who enjoys being in pure nature without anything else should definitely go there and definitely yeah go especially the first one I don't know it so wow so thank you so much Lorian for opening on your job and the money aspect of it it's um, clearly not necessarily a skill that a journalist needs but still it there so it's great to feel confident and empowered in this matter so thanks for opening about your industry I've learned a lot and especially I've learned like how you manage to be your own boss. So bravo and uh, thanks so much. It's been insightful and inspiring. Thank you. So that's the end of this episode. I hope you are as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at smaricafino.com. And if you want to go further in mastering this beautiful adventure of owning your finances, please contact me. I offer workshops and coaching to guide you through. Finally, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word.